Considering these spoiled brats were pro-Hamas idiots, I'd have a hard time respecting their presence if I were driving across that bridge. Their only saving grace might be their utter ignorance of how the entire Arab world actually sees gays, liberals, women, and Palestinians. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I'm your host, the sometimes cynical and yet oddly jovial Matt Jordan. Today we're talking about Rome, Davos, censorship, and APEC, our brave new world. The People's Republic of St. Peter's Square. There's a little lefty fella running a franchise in central Italy into the ground. Running things into the ground is what lefties do. What he does and says wouldn't be worth a bucket of spit if he didn't have billions of followers around the world who think he's a direct conduit to their maker. There was no love lost between me and Joe Ratzinger when he retired from the papacy. I considered him an angry, rather fanatical religious figure. From all accounts, I was wrong about that, but I don't think too much about popes anyway. There are also slowly emerging stories about the state of the Vatican Bank, already not having a sterling reputation, and politics within the walls of the Holy City. Was Benedict shown the door because he was going to spill the beans? Francis, on the other hand, has flim-flammed just about everybody. Jorge Bigoglio spent his formative years straddling both sides of the political fence and studying philosophy, literature, and theology. Looking back, it might have been helpful if he had spent a semester or two studying economics in Chicago, but you can't have everything. The political fence straddling makes a bit of sense considering the loony bin Argentina was when he served there as a Jesuit priest and a bishop. But that doesn't explain his reeling back and forth since. But why should I care? I shouldn't have skin in this game. I have no association with the spirit world and certainly no religious loyalties. What the head of a pretend country allowed to survive through a deal with Mussolini does should affect me not at all, but it does. The pretend country is well-connected and the boss is very political. As it turns out, he's decided to throw his weight solidly behind the left and is trying to take his flock with him. And he is lockstep with secular partners in bringing the whole world into a dystopian nightmare. The nightmare is, of course, wrapped in pretty ribbons of, quote, diversity and care for the downtrodden. Basically, Bogoglio is driving his church into the waiting arms of friends in the WEF and Davos cult. Footnote 2. The policy of, quote, silence and prayer, end quote, 
as described by Vatican participants in Davos, smacks of the Concordat and the Lateran Treaty, and recent church policy is running fully behind the chaos and the power grabs of the Davos cult. True to the modern left form, Bogoglio and the tiny central government in Rome are now canceling people who don't ring the bell for the boss. Among the lunatic pronouncements from the Vatican we've seen lately is the embrace of the trans fad, including where young people are involved. Footnote 3. Jorge's lack of sincere care for kids is of no surprise, considering his appointment of an unapologetic enabler of child abuse to the office to investigate, you got it, cases of priests abusing kids. Keeping the pot stirred for socialism, sociopathic fads, and non-diverse, quote, diversity nonsense, is serving the Davos cult, which includes administrations from most Western nations quite well. Having the active assistance of the Vatican provides religious cover for more proles to pretend to believe the nonsense as well. It is intended to serve as a rubber stamp for more green scams, smart cities, and more aggressive censorship of us, the proles. They will sterilize our kids and tell them that pretending to be of another sex is real. And Francis will tell you this pleases God. I'm rolling my eyes as I say that. For defending the church against this secular onslaught led from the top, Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas was fired last week. To his credit, he is not taking the insult quietly. He's calling on his people and bishops across the country to stick to the teachings of the Christ and the Bible. If he and I were to have a beer and discuss the miraculous side of church teachings, we'd have much to disagree about. From the concept of a God needing a son to the definition of a miracle in the first place. But in standing against the secular craziness the Roman church is being driven to, he and I have common cause. The Vatican has tried with varying results to insert itself into politics since Rome fell. Now it is being used by the Pope as a sacrificial altar where you and I will be devoured by our new masters, governments and the cronies they serve. In the text below, I featured some products you can find at Poe River. When you get there, you can shop around for others if you'd like. Or you can just go to https poeriver.etsy.com Straining My Morality I watched with mixed emotions, amusement, and disgust as protesters blocked the Bay Bridge in San Francisco during APEC. Considering these spoiled brats were pro-Hamas idiots, I'd have a hard time respecting their presence if I were driving across that bridge. Their only saving grace might be their utter ignorance of how the entire Arab world actually sees gays, liberals, women, and Palestinians. They haven't a clue what they're hollering about. 
But hey, they get to be part of the narrative. They get their collective 15 minutes. That they inconvenienced the pure theater known as APEC was kind of amusing. These things are junkets, during which domestic audiences back home hear how their heads of states are taking it to their counterparts at the conference. Little comes of it all. Adding to the phony drama is the meeting between Zhou De and Xi Jinping, ricochet rabbit. Footnote 5 on that joke. It seems more and more we've been tarting up photo ops between POTUS and people like Xi and Putin as being in any way important. Such things used to mean the consummation of some kind of pre-negotiated deliverables being inked by the participants. Now they mean nothing at all. Oh, sure. We heard how the Chinese are going to cooperate in the reduction of fentanyl. You bet. You just hold your breath and watch how they cooperate on that one. Then let us know where to send the flowers. They also agreed to, quote, restart military talks. What the hell does that even mean? When it is in our interest, we already talk to their military. They never listen. We've been shaking our finger at them for 10 years over their militarization of the South China Sea, including in the national waters of other countries. They don't give a warm, watery shit about what we think, militarily. And unless they invade Taiwan, they never will. Footnote 6. The brats on the bridge accomplished nothing. APEC amounts to nothing. Since the Chinese kook has purged all his reliable advisors, the meeting with Joe Duh means less than nothing. So San Francisco had an extra traffic jam for nothing. The good news is the drug addicts and lunatics will be back camping in the streets quicker than you can say California deserves it. Naive pronouncements. It's a good thing the European Union's days are numbered. There's a footnote. They say the silliest things. This week, Yusef Borrell, foreign policy chief of the EU, lectured Israel saying one horror doesn't justify another. We've been hearing this unhelpful drivel for a month now. Do these people have any sense of history at all? When fighting their way through Germany, should the Allies have stopped and said, wait a minute, we need to get aid into the towns we're attacking and negotiate a release of our POWs before we do one more thing? There are two truths these intentionally ignorant officials pretend not to grasp when a horror is committed. First, when a horror like 10-7 is committed, all consequences meted out by the aggrieved nation, is on the shoulders of the original perpetrators, every last casualty, until they surrender or give themselves up. Also, when such attacks occur, it is the responsibility of the nation attacked to make certain that there are no traces left of those who committed the horror or their organization to do it again. All other considerations, food, fuel, medicine, even hostages, take a back seat to that mission. 
You go, Israel. You fight your war. The Chattering Peanut Gallery has no responsibility to your people. Bibi Netanyahu was very clear that questions would be asked of him when it's all over. That is as it should be. But that can't be the guiding influence on his actions. The defeat and extermination of Hamas should be. If only someone could point out to Palestinians in Gaza, Lebanon, and the territories how phenomenal life could be if they only tolerated civilized, honest 21st century political representation. Sadly, we are at least two generations from that happening. Violent indoctrination is intense among these people and starts with the very young. Those living along the Mediterranean don't understand they have a two-state solution already. They could seriously cash in on their turf almost overnight. Gaza, Beirut, and the West Bank could be amazing destinations, but not while medieval lunatics run those places. In the text, I featured Mitzi the Wonder Dog and how much she loves the P4B. I also set a reminder that full content subscriptions delivered to your emails are still free. I warned you, I posted on Facebook on 14 November that the FCC was about to vote on a piece of regulation that was going to change how the information industry works. And they voted the next day. The Senate has been busy in the arena too. As we go through this, remember RFK Jr.'s second rule of politics. If government finds it can abuse a law, the government will absolutely abuse that law. A while back, while crafting the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, another green scam tarted up as law, Congress tasked the FCC with coming up with an, quote, equity scheme for the Internet. This was another of those times where, quote, lawmakers task unelected bureaucrats with making actual laws. The result was the FC goddamn C basically hijacked the way the Internet will expand and operate. Get a load of this naive bit of justification. Quote, the trajectory of digital progress has not always been even and has not always been fair. As a result, that has held back our collective achievements as a nation, said Commissioner Jeffrey Starks, who voted in favor of imposing the rules. Continuing the quote, eradicating digital discrimination anywhere will empower individuals everywhere. This is a proceeding that will impact generations of Americans to come and will work to ensure a more just and equitable future for tomorrow. End quote. Emphasis mine. It's worth noting that it reads like socialist dribble. That is the mindset that leads to the kind of draconian requirements they're about to slap the ISPs with and get this bit of subjective catch-all bullshit. ISPs could be fined if they are caught engaging in conduct that's discriminatory and, quote, 
not justified by genuine issues of technical or economic feasibility. Again, emphasis mine. So here we have a law vaguely worded to allow an agency to write the actual law under which penalties will be assessed based on a lefty bureaucrat's subjective interpretation of the term genuine. The term in this case being attached to the words technical and economic. Let me tell you how this will shake out. Doubt me not. I called the problems with EVs and wind farms before companies started bailing on those stupid ideas. XYZ is expanding their 5G network in, we'll say, Baltimore. They've analyzed the data and they believe they can make money by next setting up in the downtown area. They considered areas bordering the business and retail areas, but decided they wouldn't make money in the surrounding areas and that those areas don't justify their risk to workers due to high crime and drug trafficking. There's a footnote. This will be the exact case the FCC socialists are banking on. It's the one they want. They will say that these do not reflect genuine economic considerations. The question being genuine to whom? They will say complaining about the safety is racist, regardless of the racial makeup of the neighborhoods. They will tell the ISPs to keep building until the FCC is satisfied or face fines. And the plot thickens. The Senate has been busy too. The seedling for complete government control over the Internet content was planted on 5 September of this year. S-1080, Cooper Davis Act, states that communication companies will be responsible to report all drug trafficking content on their servers and to report the account holders. There's more, but we need to look at the summary. Quote, S-1080 would require providers of electronic communications and remote computing services such as email, cell phones, social media, and cloud computing to report certain instances of illicit drug trafficking on their platforms to the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA. Specifically, the bill would require providers to report the unlawful sale or distribution of fentanyl, methamphetamine, or other counterfeit controlled substances and preserve the content of each report for 90 days. S-1080 would require each report to contain information about the users involved, including their names and addresses, and how the provider discovered each violation. Additionally, the bill would create new criminal penalties for providers who fail to submit a report and civil penalties for submitting incomplete or fraudulent reports. S-1080 would also require the DEA to review each report and determine whether further investigation is warranted. Criminal penalties? Keep in mind, the only way this is possible is for every company involved to monitor every account through the use of algorithms. So if your goddamn algorithm misses a few, now you're a criminal? Great. While shifting the law enforcement responsibilities to social networks and phone and email services, S-1080 lays the groundwork for what is to come. RFK's second rule, right? 
Once this Orwellian scheme has been tested and the providers are sufficiently cowed, we will again hear about the dangers of misinformation and disinformation. As demonstrated by the Twitter files, this is any content that doesn't fit the lefty regime narrative. Piggybacking on the S-1080 test cases, Uncle Stinky will lay out a new regimen of reporting required for anyone with a server on the Internet. Who is saying what? Control of your speech and mine will be etched in law. Disobedience will be punished. The FCC's equity drivel will be expanded and linked to the new and improved 1080 to make sure that the information provided by the communications entities doesn't look bad for minorities. These people don't care about drug traffickers. Hell, in partnership with the cartels, the regime is the biggest distributor of illicit drugs in history. And they don't care about equity. They care about power and absolute control of information and the backbone that provides it. All of this will absolutely happen, unless you stand up. So far, I've watched you let one abuse after another wash over you like a gentle wave on a sunny beach, knowing the waves will get bigger and more numerous. You'll eventually drown. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.